You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hello and welcome to episode 89 of the Soul Forge podcast. Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on the Soul Forge. Hey, gang, it's Sean, and today we have a special treat for you a brand new guest, or possible new uh, recurring, rotating co host. We've got Deidre. <laughs> How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Sean. You're very welcome. It's good to have you on board the Soul Forge crew. Thank you. You have no idea what you're in for. <laughs> I know, apparently. Oh, boy. I'm just going to roll with it. <laughs> that, that's all you can do, really. Yeah, I just, uh, I started it, as you know, just talking about myself and then recruited more people to get more experiences, and sometimes they're solo episodes, and sometimes I have a co-host or two. Great. So now it's your turn. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Oh, good, good. This could be the first of many because you are a fascinating individual and you have lots to tell me. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> and thank you to our listeners as well. They're in for a treat. Uh, but today we're going to talk about the black experience because Ooh. we're in the middle of Black History Month right now. Yes. Yes. And so last year, it was the first full year of the podcast. And as February rolled around, I thought, I'd like to do an episode on the black experience. But since I'm the whitest guy you know, <laughs> that's how I, uh, I I do the Rusted Robot podcast, all about geek stuff. And me and my host, Josh, are always bantering back and forth. And I'll always say, yeah, Josh, we're the whitest guy anybody is out there. <laughs> so I, I definitely couldn't do it by myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just for a little bit of background, uh, you started at the post office in November. Correct. Okay. And uh, we've had several conversations. Yes. Just just brief ones passing through. And then one day I came in from delivering the mail and I took my headphones out and you were just there and you're like, what are you listening to? I'm like, podcasts. And you were like, podcasts? And you were somebody who actually knew what a podcast was, <laughs> which was awesome because I come across very few people who do or very few people who even care. And I found that interesting that you commented on that. Yeah, and then we just started talking, yes. and you have lived a very interesting life, and you have all kinds of interests. I do. And, and so we're going to be talking about those on future episodes. Okay, yes. awesome. Yes, but for right now, uh, I want to talk to you about your experience as a black woman in the North. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so you are from Winnipeg originally? Correct. Okay, and you grew up there and lived there for how long? I grew. I le- left Winnipeg when I was about twenty-eight. Okay. Yes. So most of your life you were there. Yes. There. And I left it to pursue my dream, which was flight paramedicine. Ah. Okay. Yes. So were you a pilot? I was not a pilot. Okay. I was a paramedic. 
on the flights? On, on the aircraft. Okay. Yeah, so on the helicopters and on the small aircraft. Ah, how was that? That was amazing. Yeah? Amazing, because I was living my dream. And you yeah. did that for how long? I did that for 15 years. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. 15 years as a paramedic, 10 of those years doing flight. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you loved it. I did. But now you work at the post office. I do. Okay. I do. And uh, so you were a paramedic down in the Toronto area? No. No. I was a paramedic. I started off in the U.S. Oh, wow. I went there, um, studied, Mm -hmm. and worked. Okay. And under my student visa, we could work for a year in our field that we graduated from. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, heck yeah. Let me loose. Well, sure. Yeah. So I... I started off in Minnesota, and then I worked in uh, Louisiana. Oh, wow. And had an amazing time there. The people there, the food, put on 20 pounds in the first month. I bet. You know, the food was just... Scrumptious. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I made my my way back up to to Ontario. Okay. And it was... um, my visa expired, so I had to come back. Like, hey, that was amazing. I worked offshore, got just had fun. So you've been all around. Um, yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, and then came to Ontario and got got certified here, and mm-hmm. here I am. Made my way up to Timmins. Started off in Moosonee. Oh wow! Okay. Yes. Yeah. So you've definitely seen some uh, different cultures. That's right. And yet, as much as they're different, I went up to Moosonee. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's my uncle, there's another uncle, there's an aunt. They were, the people that were showing up for me reminded me of my family. Oh, okay, so not actual and, aunts or uncles, right. just people who seemed like a lot of what you were familiar with. That's right. Okay. That's right. Wow. I had this uh, amazing journey of growing up with my, my parents' siblings. Okay. Yes, yeah, so my dad had nine or ten siblings wow. and then my mom had about seven six or seven um siblings so you and, so. and you lived all in the same community yes so you had all yes. kinds of cousins aunts uncles yes great big exactly. close-knit family that's right that's fantastic yes okay so growing up in winnipeg mm-hmm. i don't know much about the the province the city what can you tell me about it was it primarily a black community that you lived in what mostly white native something different bit, bit of a mix it was uh, a mix, from what I remember. Okay. Um, very family oriented mm-hmm. as well. Good. Um, because just because we were moved closer to a school, as well, and the um, my involvement though was I was very very involved in the community, so um, volunteering and all kinds of stuff. So I was involved and exposed to different races, different cultures. Um, our, our indigenous, our First Nations people um, were, are primarily living in, in Winnipeg. Okay, so you um, weren't very segregated from them? No. Oh, they no, were just part of, like everybody lived with everybody? Not, as far as I re- remember. remember right. Yes, yes. So you never felt anything then, different, like they weren't other like, or... Not for me. Okay. Yes, Okay. not for me. And so uh, my family... My aunts, my uncles, and the community. Uh, my parents are both from St. Vincent and the Grenadine Islands. Oh. Um, my dad married the girl next door. Oh, nice. Yes, yeah, so I'm related to the island of Union Island. Mm. All 2,000 people and then some. <laughs> have you been there very often? I have. I have. 
that's a whole other story too. Oh, that's another episode. One day, for <laughs> All <sure>. right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, they were leaders, the men and the women that uh, came from Union Island mm-hmm. and Saint Vincent, and and the Grenadine Islands were very much leaders in our community. Okay. And so I was exposed to seeing these strong, active leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, who are of the same skin color as me. So skin color never played a big role until somebody actually came up to my face and said, what color are you? Really? Yes. And it was a white person? And white person. Mm-hmm. And she was maybe four years old, this ah. blonde little girl, and came up and, and, and touching my skin, touching my hand. Oh, my goodness, you're so soft. <laughs> and it was just, I just sat there and let her... Stroke, stroke my hand, but those are the main main times that I really recognize. But nothing uh, like evil or mean or. Yes, somebody. My best friend's brother called me the N word. Oh no! I ran after him and beat him up. Good for you. Well, not beat him up, but said, "Don't you ever call me that again." Right. Um, but I understood. I also, I think, I was old enough that I understood that he was just exploring. Right. What he'd heard as uh, well. Oh, okay. okay. So it wasn't a... I didn't think it was a big deal for me at that time. And it wasn't meant hurtfully? It, no. 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 Okay. And so it was uh, It was just a small episode. Other than that, right. when it comes to like just blatant racism, there's a couple of times that I did experience that... There was a definite bias. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that something you'd like to? And sure, I can. Yeah, tell, tell me a little can, bit about it. Uh, the one I was I was in nursing school, and just the reports from this one particular instructor, the the feedback that was written in my in my report, um, they were very subjective, mm. rather than objective. Uh, okay. Um, and so. It left me feeling like I didn't want to go to school in the morning. I'll bet. I'd be on the bus, and I just didn't feel good about going, even though I knew I'm, I'm smart, um, I'm understanding what's going on. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm getting this. I love this. But yet, there was this shadow of not wanting to be there, not wanting to go, until it just kind of came, it came to a head. And I remember taking my report to my dad. I said, Dad, can you take a look at this and let me know? I didn't, I didn't tell him anything. I didn't preamble him or anything. Mm-hmm. He read it, and he's like, this is blatant racism. Uh, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Thank God. But, but you hadn't had a lot but, of experience with it. Exactly. So you didn't really know for sure. Right. And him being an older gentleman, having more life experience, of course he knew. Yes. Right, okay. Exactly. Uh, I see. Exactly. Okay. My dad was very much involved in the community, mm-hmm. um, being a teacher, being a principal as well. Okay. Um, as well as serving on numerous committees for the United Way, the mm-hmm. with the mayor's office, the race relations committees, as well. So he had, he had experience. Oh, for sure. With recognizing different situations, uh, numerous situations at the very least as well. And there must be mm-hmm. subtle, and then there must be underlying that doesn't really come across as racism, but it is, and you know it is, That's but right. it doesn't look like it outwardly. That's right. Lots of that, I bet. That's right. Okay. There is. Okay. Um, and I'll hopefully address that later on, where it's inherent in some corporate cultures. So that's that's something that definitely can be addressed. Mm-hmm. 
um, easily, very easily addressed. I bet. Um, I loved, I love Jane Elliott. Oh, who's that? Jane Elliott. She did, uh, she did this, um, I don't know if it's, if you want to call it experiment or study with, she's a teacher. Okay. And this was back in the, I think it was the sixties. Don't quote me on that. Um, and she did the blue eyed, brown eyed study. Right. Oh, who, who's, who's uh, blue eyed people are smarter than brown and vice versa. That's and right. it actually exchanged their behavior. That's yes, I did hear, right. I did hear about that's that. That's right. Yes. And oh man, she's just hard hitting to to people who feel like that they're that they don't know the experience of racism from both sides. Right. And she says, "You can read, can't you? Then you know about racism." I'm like, "Oh, good lord, woman!" <laughs> right. right? Yeah. So, um, so it's. Yeah, it's definitely out there, and she she just really brings brings it home to say that that there we just have to read it to know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Now, my experience growing up in Sault Ste. Marie, mm-hmm. a lot different, um, a very white community. Uh, we had a, a lot of uh, indigenous people, but they were on a reserve, mm-hmm. and we had a few at our school, but it wasn't very common. Mm-hmm. And the first time I saw a black child, I think I was in grade three, um, and he was mean. <laughs> <laughs> and so naturally I thought, well, mm. I guess black people are mean, because mm-hmm. he's the only one I'd met. Yes. And I don't know ever what happened to him. I don't know if he was in my class or he was just there for that day or whatnot. But then I don't remember seeing any black kids until high school. Okay. And uh, I think his name was Blake, and we talked. We were in the art class together, and we sat at the same table, and we chatted, and great so I, I didn't really experience any racism and I didn't feel anything bad towards him or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, as a kid I watched all the shows you know like mm-hmm. uh, the Sanford and Son and the Jeffersons and Good Times and Different Strokes and all that yes. and it's just they just seemed like people to me mm-hmm. and the first time that I came across racism was in an episode of the Jeffersons okay. where uh, there was some white guy he hated black people for some unknown reason, mm-hmm. and I guess he had a heart attack, or he needed uh, he needed mouth to mouth anyway. Mm-hmm. And the only one there that could do it, give CPR, was Mr. Jefferson, mm-hmm. and he refused to have mouth to mouth from a black guy. Yes, and I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So it affected me as a kid mm-hmm. to know that that was stupid. Interesting. You know, so yes. I I don't think I ever had any racism bones in my body or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, my grandfather. Brazil nuts, he would call them the N-word toes. Mm. Or uh, when I would say, hey, hey, Grandpa, guess what? And he'd say, I don't know, you're a N-word and I'm not. And that was just his way of saying things. And I, and I knew even then, I don't think I'm supposed to be saying these words. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. He was born in 1929, mm-hmm. so he's from that generation where, I, I guess, I don't know if he was racist or not, or he just had that dialogue in him. Okay. So and there's no way to know now because he's long yes. past. But yes. It was, it was a thing. It was a word that people used. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden in the 80s, you didn't say it anymore. Right. And it just disappeared. Mostly, I guess. Except for, you know, racist people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so was yeah. your experience anything similar to that? Like, mm-hmm. like for example, mm-hmm. Brazil nuts okay. at Christmas. What would you guys call them? Brazil nuts? I knew them as Brazil nuts. Okay. Yes. I didn't know that that's actually what they were called. I actually thought they were called N-word toes. 
Mm. I didn't know. That's just what they were all called, right? Got it. So Got it. Yes. There's, there's that kind of a difference. Yes. And I knew that couldn't be right, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what they were actually called. Right. So. I'm trying to think if there was any anything that really turned me around to say, oh, maybe I might be racist as well, or thinking the same type of... Right, like on on the Jeffersons, go to go back to that. Mm-hmm. They would always call the white people either crackers or honkies. Right, right. And, and, oh yes. And when I would hear that, I was like, "Well, that doesn't bother me," you know. Like, mm-hmm. okay, whatever. So, <laughs> I laugh at it now, but I actually, I, I, I think we have used, used those words yeah. as kids. Okay. Um, and I know, my dad didn't like us doing that. Because it's, would would that be considered reverse racism or is it just racism? Because it's just it's just it's it's just mean. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and my dad would always turn it back around. You guys are so kind. I don't know that kind people actually say those kinds of words. Uh huh. So he'd make you think. Absolutely. That's good. Yes. Okay. Yes. He was, he was good. Yeah. Oh yeah. It sounds like it. for sure. He still does it now. I bet. That's awesome. Oh, okay. And and so now you've been up here in Timmins for about 10 years, you said? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I have been. Have you experienced any racism here that you could point to specifically? I don't know that I can point to it specifically. I know it's here. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because? um, Oh, it's not specific to me. Okay, good. Oh, to specific to our First Nations. Yes, actually. It is. Two weeks ago, I got a story about that. Yes. Two weeks ago, I was delivering the mail, walking Mm -hmm. along, and there was two Aboriginal guys, uh, and they they were just talking to each other. And then the one guy stopped, and he said, watch this. And he looked in the window of one of the restaurants, and I said, what are you doing? (laughs) And the other guy said, well, they're always staring back at us, so he's proving a point, and he's staring at them because of the racism. And I'm like, oh. Okay, I, I get that. I get why you would do that, and I was like, okay, see it from their perspective, because mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't personally know any Aboriginal people. Mm-hmm. Like I see them all the time, and, mm-hmm. and they're always walking along when I'm there and say hey, whatever. But I, I don't have any in my friend circle, yes. and it's not because I wouldn't have any. It's just for whatever reason it's separated, mm-hmm. and we don't hang around the same groups, or I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. and. and you know, it'd be great to have people of different backgrounds. Yes. Because all I know are white people. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I think it also speaks to assumptions. There's the assumption that white people are have been here first, mm-hmm. the longest. And so whenever I show up yeah. as a person of color into some of the businesses and restaurants and things like that, people ask me, where are you from? Uh, okay. And I tell them where I'm from. I say, I'm from Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And they're shocked. And they're like, what are you doing in Timmins? I came to be someplace warmer. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> right. <laughs> I asked the universe, the next place I live has got to be warmer than Winnipeg. And the universe answered back and said, hey, here you are. <laughs> Timmins is two degrees warmer. There yes. You go. <laughs> um, and then I asked them the same question. Where are you from? And people are taken aback. They have to search back. Because they don't get asked the question because it's assumed that they're, that from, they're here. from here. Right. 
Like from Timmins itself. From Timmins. Right. That's right. Okay. Timmins and area. Mm-hmm. So. Because there, there aren't a lot of black families here. There are now more than when I got here 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we've, uh, we've had more Asian people come in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess Sikhs or anyway, there are people wearing turbans. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot of those people now too. Mm-hmm. And to hear people talk about them, mm-hmm. there's, yeah, there's still racism. Okay. And I'm like, I, I would like to know these guys, but I don't know how to just go up to somebody wearing a turban and say, hi, my name's Sean. Let's be friends or let's get to know each other. How would you like to be on my podcast? You know, I, I can't, I don't have that kind of thing in me, yes. but I would like to know all kinds of different people and right. get to know their cultures and stuff. What inspired you to be here? To be here? Yes. Here where? In your house? I Talking just, to you? I don't go specific. I say, you answer how you would like to. Okay. What's inspired me to be here? Yes. Uh, to, uh, to, to spread uh, positivity, I think. Um, like I was telling you before we started recording, when, when I see you, mm-hmm. I'll walk into the post office and you'll be working away and I immediately feel better. You're one of those people that just spreads light. I guess that's mm-hmm. the best way to, to say it. Like Thank you. Y- you spread joy and everybody's happy to see you and people are always smiling around you. And I'm like, that's what I aspire to. And, mm-hmm. and maybe I do. I don't know. People mm-hmm. haven't told me this. But that's part of the reason for the podcast, to talk about things people don't talk about, to, uh, to teach people things, yes. you know, just to, to spread knowledge and positivity. That's all I want to do. Awesome. So. Awesome. And, and learning more about you and your history. Thank you. Letting our listeners know more about it. Because, like I said, everybody I know is white. Yes. Not, not everybody, but 95% of the people I know, mm-hmm. you know, um, what was it, episode 53 of the podcast, I talked about it, my interracial experiences. Now we had two Asian guys at the post office, Eddie and Nick. And now we've got you. So we've got a little bit more diversity, which is awesome. Yes. But it's still pretty white at the post office. Yes. It's still pretty... Uh, it depends where, where I work, mm-hmm. where, I, where it goes, um, with regards to working as a paramedic. Okay. Um, I always wondered, as a flight paramedic specifically, mm-hmm. um, that was uh, more challenging, just because we don't always see everybody, because right. uh, we're flying around the province yeah. and such. But uh, just based on what I could find out, a uh, majority of our, our paramedics for the organization are white, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, and so um, from there, the policies that came through, the organization okay. um, seemed to, and I, and I remember commenting a couple of times that whatever works, whatever pol- new policy comes out seems to work for the group in the south, but not the north. It uh, tends to be the opposite for the north. Yes. It would need to be and needs to be acknowledged as such mm-hmm. because things are definitely different up here. Oh, totally. Um, and it, in order to function properly... We need to operate a like a two week on two week off schedule instead of a four on four off. Okay. Um, just to be able to service serve the needs of our client group mm-hmm. that we that we have. Yeah. The nature of Mother Nature. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we have some also, challenges living up here. Yes. For sure, we do. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. And so, just those two factors alone, I think, speak speak biggest to the biases and, and then br- and brings out the biases right as well mm-hmm. so that was that was an interesting um, interesting look at how at how our organization then dealt with 
the challenges that arose from new policies being in, implemented mm-hmm. and what is currently implemented as well. Great. So that's, uh, yeah, looking at, looking at those, say, okay, are we, is it in, inherently biased, inherently racist? Um, yes, we want to make money. We want to serve the client. How are we, how are we doing that? And what have you come to the conclusion of? Is it is it racist on purpose, or is it just a, a byproduct of the policy, or it's hard to say? It's, well, going back to Jane Elliott, it's your privilege that speaks. Because you and don't... when you speak from a point of privilege, you don't, you're not, you're unable to speak from and acknowledge and recognize. You, you don't see other people's perspective. That's right. Because you can't, because you're on top. Right. Right. And all the little people are below you. That's right. Right, okay. All the little people, all the people of color, um, all the people who are experiencing something different than what you're experienced. Exactly. Because yes. you can't see it. That's right. Because it's not your experience. Right. And, and that's and why... Don't believe that it happens and that it exists. Of course it does. And let me tell you something. The Me Too movement mm-hmm. is coming back to bite everyone. Oh, for Thank sure. Thank you. Right. Yeah, yes. there's lots happening. Yes, when women say they've been hurt, mm-hmm. believe them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking about that the other day, the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how that actually got started under the Trump presidency. Mm-hmm. He's the worst one. <laughs> you just, want to get started on that no, swear word? <laughs> no, no. This is a totally different <laughs> podcast topic, but I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> but, but yeah. Uh, but overall, would you say your experience here in Timmins has been a positive one? Yes. It has. Yes. Um, because I seek out the positive experiences. Uh, and when I see something, I, I like to think that I address it mm-hmm. and bring it to people's attention. I like to think I'm a disruptor, an interrupter, mm-hmm. um, in a nice way. And sometimes if I need to be a little bit more firmer, I think I can come across a little bit more firmer as well. You don't seem like a wallflower to me, and <laughs> not somebody who would let, just let things be. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you see something, you're going to say something. Yes. That's, the, that's the impression I get. We haven't hung out a lot, but okay. not yet anyway. Not yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, what I, that's what I see. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think so. You'd agree? I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Yes. All right. I've found, I found my confidence to be able to speak up even more. That's important. Yes. And speak up in, with authenticity more than anything. I, I think that really helps to connect with with the other person mm-hmm. to say, hey, look, this this person, this dragon mommy, this, this occurred actually, this dragon mommy is showing up. I'm no longer a landlord. I'm a mother. Uh-oh. I'm a protective mother. Mm-hmm. And if you want to rain on the children's parade you got to come through me first yes <laughs> speaking of of your kids yes well the ones your 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 son and the other ones your nephew yes have they experienced any negativity they have eh they have that's sad they have at school or daycare and whatnot in the school system what happens which is i'm not able to discuss no okay um but it, it it's just I'm like, are you kidding me? It's blatant. And I hopefully called them out on it Good. to say that this this is not right. Mm-hmm. And you do have some options in how to make it right, mm-hmm. um, change things around, turn things around so that 
um, so that it affects everybody. Yeah. Um, because when you single out, one of the things is that they want to single out. There's a tendency to single out the kids, whether whether they're a child of color, mm-hmm. whether they have autism, ADHD, anything that's different. Anything that's different gets picked on. Yes, picked on, picked up on. Yeah. Um, as much as they're wanting to help the child, the other kids know. And that passes on to their parents, and so on, and so on. And it just keeps spreading. Yes. And and we're early 21st century. We should be way past this. Good Way Lord. more involved. Oh, like, we would think. You would think so. Yes. Yeah. And I think a lot of us are, but a lot of us aren't. No. No, yeah. we're not. Um, if you want to talk about when LGBT, LGBTQ um, community started to really come to power yeah that was a I think that was our wake up call okay for sure yeah um to say that it's not just people um and 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 again here's where I loved it because because primarily as as people of white people that were in the position of power that bring bringing up this issue the issue about gender and and Mm -hmm. sexuality and such and it's like well wait a minute here i am as a black person i'm like you guys got nothing on people of color right right oh yeah and yet you got all this power again there's that white privilege great on one side and yet yeah we're still being oppressed and suppressed yeah and and what's the reason for it there's no reason for it. it doesn't even make any sense yeah Skin color should make absolutely no difference whatsoever. Skin color doesn't make any sense whatsoever because we are one race. And as, as this one race, we are amazing. This human being yeah. is amazing because we have the so, ability and capability mm-hmm. to adapt. So much potential. Yes. But we don't always. And what's wrong with us? We're idiots sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we're absolute friggin' morons. <laughs> and and that adaptability speaks to our skin color, mm-hmm. the environment that we live in. Yep. Our skin adapts to the environment. Exactly. Big whoop. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Our eye color adapts mm-hmm. to our environment. Big whoop. So why is skin color such a big deal? No idea. Not a clue. And then get me started on the gender thing. Good <laughs> Lord. That's a whole other issue. A oh, whole other man. podcast episode. Oh. But <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. Tell me. It's coming. It's coming to a head. It's coming. It's, it's to a head. The Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> our women in sports. Mm-hmm. Our Serena Williams. Yeah. Are showing up. Our um, um, Gabby Douglas and Simone Biles. I don't know who they are. They are gymnasts, the okay. U.S. gymnasts. Okay. Simone Biles of, has won the most gold medals for world championships. Oh. And, and so these women are speaking up about the discrepancies as well. The U.S. soccer team, mm. the women's soccer team, yeah. um, their, their, their um, pay discrepancy as well versus... Oh, oh Be- because they're darker deal. skinned, they get less money. Big deal, yes. Just because? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Darker skin, and they're women. Right. Oh, so they got two things against them. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Right. Uh, I guess the last thing I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. um, 
like we were talking about TV shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did, did you watch a lot of TV as a kid? I did. Do you feel like you were represented on TV? Did you did you have like role models? I did. Um, more in the later years, when Cosby, ah. when the Cosby Show came on, that was my family. I knew, I knew my aunts, my uncles. It was just like that. Um, they were they were doctors and lawyers. They were teachers mm-hmm. and CPAs. Um, they were principals. They were they were people of, in position. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and we were families um, with brothers and sisters bringing in our friends and hanging out at home and um, and that kind of thing and just learning and our grandmother my granny granny mamon shout out to granny luciana jones oh my goodness she was the matriarch of the jones family she was she was in charge yes okay yes she was my experience with her was playing cards okay uh, we played the this game called piju i discovered there's other dialects of it in Louisiana I played they call I can't remember what they called it some Pedro or something like that anyways um, I sat down with the three of the guys to say to play and they asked me if I've ever played this game I'm like no I've never played this never heard of it before however the rules were the same uh-huh. <laughs> and so I'm pl- I started playing and they're like wait I thought you you thought you said you didn't play it I've never played that game. I've played Piju all my life. <laughs> mm, which was a similar game. That's right. Okay. That's right. And it was my grandmother. It was from my grandmother that you learn how to you learn how to hold them. Yeah, for <laughs> right? sure. Oh, yeah. And then you learn and you know when to deal them out. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Let them go. And so, yes, from her as well, um, she had she was a business businesswoman. Okay. Um, back home. That kind of savvy she was a good role model for you. The, yes, yes. Even though we didn't see her in business per se. Okay. But just, I guess, some of her thinking. Her persona and the things she would say. Yes. It rubbed off on you. Yes. Okay. That's right. That's right. That's good. Yes. And growing up, she was a, she was more of a heavy set woman. And uh, she would say, come, 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 Deidre, come, let me give you some of my fat. Come, you're too skinny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she was so loving. Oh my goodness, that was that was that was her cue. This was back in Winnipeg. This was back yeah. in Winnipeg. Yeah, she lived until she was ninety-two. Wow, it's a good long time. Yes, for sure. And what one of the things that kept her that I'll always remember word searches. Ah, uh, yes, mind sharp. Absolutely. So I've picked I picked up on that, put it away for a little bit, but I found it on found some apps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Great old app store. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got you, right? <laughs> yes. It can be addictive, I know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I know that I will continue that for the rest of my life. I plan on living till I'm 250 years old, so I'm a still a young soul right now. <laughs> for sure. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to my robot body as well. Yes. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, to wrap up, is there any words of advice to anybody that you'd like to give or, uh, you know, just things you've learned that you can pass on? Yes. In all of, in all of this that I've journeyed through this life, being a black woman, being a woman of color, just being a person in this earth and talk and just, and even just connecting with, I, I connect with people 
with PTSD and such, one of the biggest things that really comes out of it is about fear. And there's always fear. So much fear. Yes, so much fear. And we get stuck in it. But we can get past it. Of course. Yes. yes. And Will Smith gave this great quote. I took I took it and ran with it. Um, that do you realize on the other side of your maximum fear are all of the best things in your life? It's true. Yes. Because, yeah, you just have to get past the fear and then there you go. There you go. Yes. And I call that... that the other side of that fear, the the universal challenge line. Thank you, Colin Sprake. <laughs> the universal challenge line. Get past that. Best things in you are in of your life. And that Will Smith, he's yeah. got a lot of cool quotes. Oh like, man! We were looking through them before we started recording, and there's a lot. Yes. So yeah, definitely. Yes. All right. Well, I do thank you for sharing a bit of your story with us. We'll hope to have you back real soon. Listeners, thanks for coming by and wanting to know more than you did yesterday. And remember, like Will Smith said, if you don't fight for what you want, don't cry for what you lost. This has been another episode of the Soul Forge Podcast. Find us on Twitter at SoulForgePod or email the show via SoulForgePodcast at gmail.com. Soul Forge is a production of Sean Vanderloo and Friends. You can find Sean on Twitter and Instagram at Darth Vaderloo. Remember to visit soulforgepodcast.com for all of our social media links and share the show with everyone you know. Thanks for stopping by The Forge. We'll keep the fires lit until your next visit. Do you enjoy TV shows, movies, video games, comics, or novels? Do you enjoy listening to people discuss geeky topics without getting bent out of shape when they disagree? If you do, then The 42 Cast is right for you. We're a podcast with a rotating cast of guests that discusses a new topic every week. You can find us on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play, or 42cast.com. You can also support us and the entire ESO Network by going to patreon.com slash ESO Network. That's the 42cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the TeePublic store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.